<laughs> surprise, surprise, sweet bird of paradox. We are back for another episode of I Know I Know, the Solo Beatles video cast now. Um, today, I am joined by the author of the songs we were singing to guide it towards the lesser known, the Beatles' lesser known tracks, um, Michael Jackson FAQ, All Is Left to Known of the King of Pop, and the newly the new book Beatles and the fandom of all the years I think that's called there it is Kiddo <laughs> co-authored with Ken Walmack she's also the host of the best solo Beatles video cast talk more talk along with Tom Hanyati Ken Michaels Joe Mayo and Ken Walmack Kiddo Tool welcome to I know I know Thank you, Hudson. I've really been looking forward to this. I've, I've been enjoying your show and, and, uh, and you've been a great, great addition to the Beatles community. And I'm, I'm so jealous that uh, <laughs> when I was 13, none of this existed. So I, I would have totally been doing this too. So, uh, so welcome, welcome to the Beatles community. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So, Kit, first of all, before we get to the main topic, what is your favorite Paul McCartney album? Oh, gosh, that is that is so hard because it's like, do I want to go with sentimental favorites or like critical, like, you know, because um, sentimental favorite uh, would probably be tug of war. Uh, because I, that's one of, not the first Paul album I ever owned, but the second, the first one was Pipes of Peace. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's the first one because of Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, yep, as I've, I've talked about before, that's how I got into to Paul because, you know, it, it was uh, when uh, first the girl is mine uh, and then say, 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 you know, and, and, Michael Jackson at the time was was huge. I mean, huge, huge, huge. So, uh, you know, that's when I bought Pipes of Peace was uh, was because of Michael Jackson. Then it was like, oh, this Paul McCartney guy's pretty good, you know. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I'd heard of him before that. I knew he was with the Beatles, but but I I wasn't as familiar with him. Um, and so, probably the second Paul album was Tug of War. And I still love that album. Um, it's such a great album. It, yep. I mean, there's, I, I really, I can't think of a bad track on it. I mean, there really isn't. Um, it's a little after me, but that's the only weak link on that album. Yeah. I mean, it really, I, I just, you know, really, even the, the weakest track is still, you know, really, really good. Um, if you want to talk, you know, like critical, like, you know, really great from beginning to end, Band on the Run uh, still stands up for me. I mean, that from start to finish is is really uh, just a classic. Um, but I didn't get into that album until much later, you know, because I started with the 80s. I mean, it was, as I said, tug, Pipes of Peace, Tug of War, Give My Regards to Broad Street. That was probably my third. I love that album. I know everybody hates it, but I love it. You know, I, I like, I mean, I don't like all of it, but I, I like parts of it. I like some of the Beatles remakes. 
on that album. I mean, you know, I, I liked The Long and Winding Road. Um, you know, I thought parts that were good. I, I thought, uh, uh, and No More Lonely Nights is a great, that's a great pop song, great single. I think that still holds up. Is that, right? that should have been a huge hit. Yeah, and it, it was it was a big hit at the time. I mean, I remember seeing the video when that came out over and over again, and it was a big hit. But yeah, I mean, I it should have been number one. It should have been. Yeah, and uh, it came close, <laughs> but uh, but not quite. But um, you know, movies a whole different story. But the but the soundtrack, yeah, was was good. <laughs> What is your least favorite McCartney record? Oh, that's easy. Driving Rain. <laughs> I love that album. Really? I just, that is the only Paul album in all that he's done that I never connected to. Now, we are going to do, on a future Talk More Talk, we are going to do another listen with Driving Rain. So, yeah. you know, maybe in the future, when I listen to it, maybe I'll change my mind. So I, you know, I shouldn't say, you know, maybe months from now, I'll say, you know what, I, I totally misjudged that album. But I just could not get next to that album at all. I, I don't know. Is there any other bottom one for you? Oh, and any other bottom one? Um, probably, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, I hate to say bottom, but new was another one I just couldn't get into quite as much. But I hate to say bottom because it's like it's not horror. It's not a terrible album. It's just like it's not one that I listen to on repeat. You know, it, it was OK. I mean, there, there were some interesting ones cuts on there, but nothing that I like listen to over and over. Yeah. You know. Venus and Mars with your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Magnum Touch, I Man. Yeah, it, it, you know, but, but other than that, there were great cuts on there. <laughs> Just, you know, cut, cut that one out. Yeah, Tom will never let me forget that ever. <laughs> I love that album, and I, that's my favorite song on the album. Really? But, gonna... yeah, you're not going to let me forget it either. <laughs> But that's what makes the world go round, you know. I mean, that's that's. I mean, you've you've seen enough of our shows too about, um, you know, about press to play. I mean, it's it's really funny that you know we've we've been. Although, like you know, Joe Mayo's come around a bit about that album. He used to hate it, and I like that record. Now. Yeah, I've never understood the just hate toward that record. I mean, I'm not saying it's his best. It's far from his best. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely not. Album. Yeah, but I mean, I, I know why everybody just hated that album, you know, with a passion. I'm like, it, come on. I mean, there are some good moments on that record. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't, I just don't know why it got that much hate. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, for me, Flowers in the Dirt is the number 27 McCartney really now see that's another sentimental one for me because you know because that that came when that came out that was that you know when paul toured that was the first time i ever saw him live love to see that tour that was an amazing amazing tour i mean i cannot tell you how exciting that tour was i mean i i saw him twice on that tour the first time um 
you know, being from Chicago, I saw him at the Rosemont Horizon in December of 89. And then I saw the last day on that tour uh, in, uh, I guess it was like July, I'm not quite sure, uh, 1990 at Soldier Field. And I, that still stands as the best concert I've ever been to. I, we were on the field, you know, at the end of the concert, there were these fireworks. And I mean, it was, I, I will never forget that as, as long as I live. It was really humid that day. And at, I mean, he just kept coming out for encore after encore. And I was, I had just graduated from high school at, at the time. So I was a lot younger and, uh, and a lot more energetic. He wore us out. I mean, he, he walked out like, I don't know how many encores this was. And I swear to God, we were all, as I said, it was humid. We were all just like sweaty and exhausted. And he came out and he's like, yo, you guys ready to rock? And we're just like, eh. <laughs> it was great. So Flowers in the Dirt. Now that I used to love, love, love that album. Over the years, I, I don't know if it's aged as well as some of his other albums. I will give you that. It hasn't aged as well. But I mean, yeah. a lot of the songs, I, they're like top 25 McCartney songs for me. That's how much I still like the album. Ah, okay. You know, it's... The bottom cuts are just bottom for me. Wow, okay. You know, so you didn't like the Elvis Costello uh, uh, collaboration? Like, I don't even like the song Mistress and Maid from Off the Ground. I know how sacrilegious that is. You know, I it's not my favorite of their of their collaborations. I'll I'll give you that. It's it's not my all-time favorite of, of theirs. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, I will give you that 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 album hasn't aged as well as as some of his other ones have but i mean when that came out i mean i was just like this is the best album ever and you know and then yeah you listen to it all these years later and you're just like mm, you know some of the stuff he's done since then i think has you know like on flaming pie for sure i think flaming yep that has aged better yeah for sure favorite george harris favorite three george harrison albums i know kind of all things must pass as well. yeah that's that's a given uh yeah so all things must pass cloud nine this is not really in any particular order but uh all things must pass cloud nine uh 33 and a third awesome uh, yeah i love 33 and a third so much you know and that and i love george harrison too i mean george that, that's yeah, 33 and a third and George Harrison are, I mean, those two, and yeah, because that's the thing, George Harrison just misses the top three. I mean, just misses it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, both those albums were, were great, uh, you know, great comebacks for him, you know, after he went through that period with, you know, Dark Horse, Extra Texture, all that. I mean, those are just wonderful albums but cloud nine partially kind of sentimental for me that came out when i was oh, a sophomore in high school i mean that was such a comeback for him and you know we did that episode recently on talk or talk and it was such a joy to revisit that no that was a great great album hardly uh, you know I, I mean as i it was another one of those where even the weak cuts were were uh, what our masterpieces basically exactly 
exactly. But I'll I'm glad 33 and a third. I'm really glad that, that you love that too, because I mean, I think for a while that was overlooked. And I think in recent years, it's getting more attention. Same with a self-titled. Exactly. I mean, those two, I think for years were criminally overlooked. And I think now, and I'm glad that, uh, that you know, all younger generations are rediscovering them because they, they deserve it for sure. What about your least favorite Harrison album? Um, oh boy, uh, that's a tie. You know, I used to say Gone Trapo, but you know, over the years though, there are some some cuts on that that I I now hesitate to say that because there are actually a couple of decent cuts on on there. The way it goes is one of his best. I yeah. Yep. Exactly. So um, you know, so now I'm I'm like yeah, maybe not. Um, trying to think if I would say, um, I guess I would say maybe extra texture. Um, it's, it's just a little, you know, it's just not one that I play that much. Um, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's okay. I, I, and I hate to say worst because as I look back, like every album of his, there really isn't one that I haven't found at least one or two songs yeah. that, I like I mean, you know. every song I think is I think every solo Beatle album there's one good song yeah I mean that's the thing so it's hard to say like oh that album was horrible you know because I mean there's there's at least one because I was about to say Dark Horse and I'm like well but I like the song Dark Horse <laughs> I mean you know that's that's a great time I mean, he wasn't in of course a one you know a wonderful voice on that album yeah. uh that was not a great period for him either but probably extra texture is the one that i play the least so i guess i'd have to go with that one yeah um but so favorite wilberry's album oh the first one no question first one yeah <laughs> yeah first one no question uh, i i mean that was such a joy the second one had great or the third one shall we say had great moments too uh you know had that had some fun moments too but boy that first one um i mean just you know that that lineup was just you know you can't get talk about a super group come on <laughs> cream i say traveling wilberries yep <laughs> but yeah um favorite ringo album i think this is a little obvious <laughs> you know still have to go with ringo i mean that is not only was that his best, but I think overall that is just a solid pop rock album. I mean, you know, just some great cuts for for any artist. I mean, just some some top shelf pop and and uh, you know, I mean, just from start to finish, um, you know, well crafted, well produced, um, you know, still. Uh, I, I think stands as his best. However, time takes time is second choice. Uh, I thought, yep, that I love that album, and it should have been bigger. It's uh, a really under overlooked album. I it sure is, and it suffered from you know Ringo was just coming back, you know, having been through rehab and you know was trying to rebuild his career, and he went with a small label. I assume it's just because that's all he could get at the time and I think they just didn't have the money to promote it and 
had they been able to promote it more, I think I'm not saying it would have been number one, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, that, that delusional, but <laughs> I mean, you know, I we wouldn't have gone number one. I mean, I mean, let's, let's be real, yeah. but I think it could have been a bigger success than it was. Cause I mean that they had some great songwriters and producers. I mean, you know, uh, Ringo was a great voice, um, should have been a bigger success. Um, yeah. And, uh, way overlooked. So that comes in a close second. What is your least favorite Ringo album? Oh gosh. Um, I would probably, you know, and again, I hesitate to say this, but probably, I guess I'd say Ringo the fourth because while there are one or two kind of fun tracks on there, there are some, yeah, I mean, there were, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's one that like, you know, let's just say, I mean, it was some really like he was way into his partying days and that one and he sounded like it. <laughs> and I, I mean, I just kind of thought, why would he have ever agreed to let this go on the record? I mean, why would he have heard his voice and said, yeah, great. Most entertaining and so bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but really, I just thought, why in the world would he have heard that? And just thought, yeah, I sound great. Let's put that on the album. I mean, I would have had that burned. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. You know, I, I, I don't know. One album though, and we're going to talk about this on a future show that used to get a lot of flack, but I think is now getting new renewed appreciation is Bad Boy. That that used to get a lot of flack and and i think now looking back on it it is actually it did have some moments on it and that was during a not so great period but you know so yeah you're getting all kinds of previews of future talk more talks <laughs> i know i know <laughs> so getting into our topic all right um how old were you when this was released Oh my God. Uh, I was, gosh, so that, uh, that came out in what was it? 74? Was that? Yeah. 74. So I was two. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wasn't listening to it back then. Um, yeah, I discovered it. Uh, yeah, probably I was, yeah, not around your age. Cause I was just getting into the Beatles, uh, when I was 13. So, uh, so I probably didn't start here. I didn't listen to that probably until I was like around in high school. Interesting. Yeah, it, it came later, you know, because I, I was like getting in the Beals first, then got into some of the solos, uh, solo stuff, except for Paul. You know, okay. with Paul it was the reverse. I'm glad you weren't scared to listen to it. I was afraid. To <laughs> <laughs> Plastic Ono band scared me more. <laughs> Eleven-year-old me listening to it on my eleventh birthday because I had gone out to get it. Oh wow! Terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know, Plastic Ono band scared me a lot more. Like hearing Mother and and before that, hearing Cold Turkey. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, Imagine was like the first album that I ever owned. So. Oh wow! See, that's a that's a much you know that's a better introduction you like know no band with production <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah that that would be a less of a rude awakening yeah i can see that 
But, um, yeah. So we'll play player skip. There's one surprising skip that you might find on this album for me. Oh. Um, so going down on love. Um, I love the little bongos that open up the album. It's a perfect way when you play this on the on vinyl like I do. Are you a vinyl person? Yes, I, I, I don't play it at quite as much as I used to, but um, you know, I was I was raised on vinyl. Um, I mean, I, you know, when I first was getting into it, that's all I knew. Although then uh, in the 80s, then it was more cassettes. I mean, you know, it was, yeah, cassettes were cool for, for a time. Uh, then in the late 80s, then it was CD, you know, and, uh, but, you know, vinyl still has that warmer sound that, uh, you know, that CDs and MP3s, you know, can't replicate for sure. I mean, and before we go, and is this a play or a skip for you? Oh, it's a play. <laughs> no good. question. No question. I, I absolutely uh, love this song. Um, you know, and like many songs on this album, I mean, this is basically him chronicling the lost weekend. I mean, it's absolutely, um, you know, this is, um, you know, here i mean he's crying out somebody please please help me i, I mean he's saying it flat out uh, drowning in the sea of hatred um you know getting down on his knees the yeah. when the real thing goes wrong i mean it's it's just it's right there um and and that's what i love about this album in addition to there's just some you know great singing by jano it's so honest i mean he is just laying out you know, that, you know, he's, that he's partying too hard. Um, you know, he, while he loves May, he's missing Yoko. I mean, it is all over it this. The, I mean, it is all over this album and, and this is from the get-go. Yeah. I and, agree. I mean, it's just a perfect song. Like it doesn't get talked about a lot. That's no. No, it really doesn't. And, um, and I, I love how John's voice you know, kind of imitates the guitar, you know, you got to get down and the guitar is right there with them imitating. I, I just, uh, you know, it has that kind of bluesy uh, feel to it. Um, I, I really, um, I, yeah, I love the song. I like how it opens. As you said, those bongos at the beginning, get your attention right away. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great album opener. As we get to the next song, whatever gets you through the night. This is a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a number one single. I I like this song. It has never been a favorite of mine. Yep, this would probably be a skip for me. Um, it's it's fun. It is. You know. It's fun. I will say I like the Give Me Some Truth remix. I, um, I agree with you. It's much better. Much, much better because I like how Tom put it on one of our Talk More Talk shows that he said it sound, the, the original mix sounded chaotic. And yeah. I think, and I'm like, yeah, that's the word I've been looking for. It did. I mean, it just was all over the place. You know, I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean. yeah. <laughs> that's right. 
exactly. But yeah, I mean, it was like you didn't know as a listener what to focus on. I mean, it was just, you know, you'd hear the, the, the you know, the sax and, you know, I love my horns. But in this case, <laughs> but in this case, it, it just sounded, you know, it, I mean, and I love I love a sax solo, but I mean, it, it just was just lost in, in the in, in just the. Yeah, and the chaos of the background. And then, you know, at times you could barely hear John. I mean, sometimes you could barely hear Elton. I mean, their voices just sometimes kind of blended together and you couldn't tell what was what. I, I mean, it, it just, yeah, I mean, it, it just sounded chaotic. But thank God for that remix, because now when you listen to, to that version, it, it, you know, it, it sounds, it makes more sense now. I mean, it, it's, it's, it sounds like a catchier pop tune. It doesn't make, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make me love it that much more, but yeah, but it, it's, it's certainly more enjoyable listening. Uh, you can hear the vocals. Yeah, you can actually hear the vocals separated. Yeah, and you can tell who's singing and, and you know, um, you know, it's a fun song. Um, I'm not quite sure why it went to number one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little perplexed as to why it was that big a hit, but, um, but, but, you know, as I said, it's fun. Um, Elton's piano is great on it. I, I agree. I mean, Elton, what can you say? It's Elton John. I mean, yeah. you know, he's an incredible pianist. And the horns. And the horns. <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's a horngasm and, and now that and you can hear it thank you now i can say it freely on your show ken ken doesn't like it he gives me that you know that look when i say it but uh <laughs> but you know but it kind of gets lost in the you know in that original mix and now you can hear it so in the remix but uh but yeah it, it's a little yeah as i said i've always been a little mystified as to why this was number one but but it's a fun song but yeah i generally skip it when uh because it's also a little played out it's played it's still played a lot on the radio they don't play any beatles on the radio where i am really oddly, oddly. i heard it's all too much once <laughs> like i have all beatles songs. really too much on the classic rock station wow that's that's a deep track and i think i've heard band on the run okay once. that that i can understand i, I mean that's so hear that song again I <laughs> but i but yeah it's a played out song yep exactly okay yeah you don't want your don't want your chromebook to die that's for sure <laughs> that might, uh, i'd have to eat more beef jerky if that happened that's right so going on to the next track, um, Old Dirt Road, co-written with Harry Nilsson. Ah, uh, yes, the great, the great Harry Nilsson, and much, much missed. Yeah. What a, what a talent. Fortunate. Yeah, really. I mean, he was, you know, just a, of course, incredible singer, and what a songwriter. Wow. Yeah, I mean, just a beautiful song, beautiful, kind of piano-driven in a way. It really was, and you know, this was. We talked about on last uh, last night on Talk More Talk um, how some songs are growers, and this was one of those for me. Um, when I first heard this, first got this album, first heard the song, I I wasn't crazy about it at first. Um, you know, this is this is kind of a it, it it's a slow builder. You know, it's a more contemplative um, kind of song. Um, 
and you know it takes multiple listens to yeah to really appreciate it um you know this isn't one of those songs like going down on love and all that you know it, it grabs you immediately yeah yeah i mean so this one you know first time i heard it i just kind of thought mm, don't know but over the years i've really grown to appreciate it um you know as i said it, it's it's contemplative uh but yeah um beautiful piano as you mentioned um and you know some really interesting lyrics um you know almost poetic um i agree yeah like uh you know, in the second verse, ain't no difference on the old dirt road, tarred and feathered on the old dirt road, trying to shovel smoke with a pitchfork in the wind. I mean, this is a Bob Dylan song. It does. Yep, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it does. It is kind of a, a Bob Dylan uh, sort of, uh, yeah, like, yeah, breezing through the dead wood on a hot summer day. I saw a human being lazy, boning out in the hay. I said, Hey, Mr. Human, can you Rainmaker too? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, that is very Dylan-esque. You're, you're, that's very true. So, so there is this sort of break in the, you know, the uh, chronicling the sort of the frenzy and and all of the um, last weekend for this sort of contemplative um, song. So yeah, so this is this is a really different kind of song for John to do. Um, it, but uh, but it definitely, you know, you can hear Harry's influence I on this. Um, mm -hmm. Are you a Dylan fan? Just curiosity. You know what? I, I'm not a fan of his voice. <laughs> but but his songs are incredible. I mean, his his poetry um, is is just amazing. So a lot of times I like when other people do his songs, and and there have been times where I've heard a song and I'll think, oh my god, that's beautiful, and then I'll later found out that like Dylan wrote that. I can't believe it. So I like a few songs that he sang himself, okay. but. But um, but there are some, though, that like all along the watchtower and stuff like that, that, you know, Jimmy doing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, <laughs> when he does them, you know, but uh, I actually gained a lot more respect for him when I did a chapter for a, a, wrote a, a chapter for a collection that uh, Ken Womack edited, where I, I talked about originally it was, a, it was supposed to be a chapter on how. Bob Dylan influenced the Beatles songwriting and it ended up I, I wrote a chapter about how they influenced each other because I felt like it kind of worked both ways. Yeah. And the more I, I had to then really delve into his deeply into his songwriting deeper than I had before, I really gained much more of an appreciation of, of his work. And uh, and so I've since become you know, a much a more of a Dylan fan than I was before. But again, of his songwriting, you know, more than his voice. <laughs> I mean, not the... Yeah, I just can't, I just can't get next to that. But, but, but songwriter, absolutely, you know, genius, absolute yeah. genius. But, yep. <laughs> Long tangent. Yeah. <laughs> We're good at those too. We are good at those, absolutely. That's that's what podcasting is about. You, you bet. Know. That's what tangents, we're good at. It's basically tangents and puns. That's right. That's what you should rename 
your podcast, Tan Tangents and Ponds. I like that. <laughs> um, so the next track, this is a really ro good rocker. One of the few rockers in John's solo career, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, what and this is one of my, not only favorites from this album, but one of my favorites of John's period. Um, I, I, I love, 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 love this song. Um, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, John's voice on this is incredible. Um, this is like twist and shout vocal. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I agree. It is like that level. I mean, it's, I mean, just from the first line, I mean, it just, just shreds. I mean, his voice just shreds. It's, it's incredible. Um, it, but what's interesting, though, is, of course, when you listen to the lyrics, you know, you first, you know, you first start hearing this and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a song where he's going to be like, yeah, I just got to rip it up. And you're like, yeah, this is about partying. And, and then, of course, you listen to the lyrics uh and he goes in another direction um you know where it's you don't know what you got until you lose it baby yeah. give me one more chance so in other words you know he's saying you know yeah this partying's great for a while um and then as he sings come monday <laughs> i've just gotta run away you know it's such a drag to face another day i mean it like goes into this whole other direction and so i which i i mean is so clever I mean, that, that, you know, you, you think this is going to be about a party and then, and, and again, this is about the lost weekend, right? It is. I mean, that's, that's what it's about, but the guitar on this is, is incredible. Um, you know, it's, so it, it's just such a, you know, kind of a paradoxical song that, you know, you, if you weren't, if you're not listening closely, you know, you think this is just a, another great rocker and, and about, you know, just, ripping it up and all and but it's but it's yet another song about him being in pain yeah, and uh yeah this may be my favorite track on the album yep i it may be my favorite too um i yeah this is definitely not a skip <laughs> no i think we'd be insane yeah exactly I, I would I would absolutely expect you if you would if I had said this is a skip to have you boot me off this show right I now would. It would cause some chaos in creation. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, well, his yeah, his vocals on this are are just incredible. The way uh, it, the song opens, like I mean, old dirt roads, very calm, and then it's just the banner, 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 banner. I mean, I'm not a very good guitar player. So. Yeah, I can't play it all, so so you've got one over me. <laughs> I can play "Let It Be" and that's it. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> And then I let the guitar be. Yeah. <laughs> um, See what you yeah. did there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, definitely a play. Mm -hmm. the next song, bless you. Beautiful okay. Song. You you've probably heard me on different shows. I have defended this song many times. I've defended too. I I used to be bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's gonna be bad no more. Uh, and I, I mean, I had a friend. I I had an argument with a friend once about this song because he was saying, "Oh, this is just you know typical of '70s ballads, like you know soft rock." Well, give me a break. First of all, you know 
okay, so it's a 70s ballot. So what? <laughs> I mean, I first of all, so what? What's wrong with 70s ballots? I think this is one of his most beautiful, tender uh, songs. I mean, this was, you know, first of all, you know, just talk about going from, you know, going to, from complete opposites. Here we have what you got, where he, you know, just was wailing on, on his voice. And then you have Bless You, which is, you know, he has the soft, you know, sensitive, um, almost fragile kind of vocal in, in, in many parts of this song. Um, love the keyboards on this too. Really, really nice keyboards. Um, and he's both, you know, you can tell he's, you know, longing for, for Yoko and hoping that they, you know, hoping they may get back together, although accepting it may not happen. Right. Um, but not only that, he's blessing the man that she may be with. I mean, that's pretty big of him to do. I mean, wow. Um, I don't think I would be doing that. If no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty big of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just beautiful, uh, you know, gorgeous lyrics. Um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, bl uh, bless you wherever you are, windswept child on a shooting star, restless spirits depart, still we're deep in each other's hearts. Um, beautiful. It's beautiful. It really is. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, um, and as I said, his, his voice on this is just so gentle, tender. I love it. I think it's one of my favorite John songs, period. I don't love it as much as you, but it's, it's an underrated track. Yep. It, it really is. And yeah, to those who say it's, oh, it's just another sloppy seven, you know, sweetie, you know, 70s ballad. So what? It's a, it's well done. It's it beautiful. Um, but yeah, definitely just a beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't hear you. What? Did you mute? Yep, I can't hear you. <laughs> I can hear you now. Okay, I can hear you. <laughs> zoom in and zoom out. Yeah, that's right. Zoom in, zoom out. We're all connected. <laughs> but um, so um, next track, which is I think like the most classic Ono Band S song on this album, "Scared." This could have gone right on Plastic Ono Band. I completely agree. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, this is, this is raw. Um, it really is. Um, talk about honest. Um, you know, this is about as honest as it gets. Um, you know, I like how he plays with, you know, the word scared, you know, starting out by saying scared. And then in the second verse, I'm scarred. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, talk about confessional. And I, I like that. You know, I like how you, uh, that connection. I think that's true. You, he could have put this on Plastic Ono Band. I mean, hatred and jealousy going to be the death of me. I guess I knew it right from the start. Sing out about love and peace. Don't want to see the red raw meat, the green eyed goddamn straight from your heart. Whoa. I mean, yeah, that is I mean, that is honesty. You had to put an explicit sticker on this. Yeah, back then. Day. 
Yeah, today he would have. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah, Plastic Auto Man would need a would be an explicit <laughs> sticker it does too. On iTunes, I think. Does it really? Oh yeah. wow. Oh, oh, of course. Yes, of course. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, boy, I mean, he is, you know, laying out his his feelings here. I mean, he he was scared. Um, yeah, every day of my life, I just managed to survive. I just want to stay alive. I mean, that's that was the place he was in. And I, I saw an interview uh, or I read an interview that he did in 1980, shortly before his death, where he talked about this album. And he said, oh, yeah, I um, and he said, you know, you hear it on on this album. He's like, I was depressed. You know, he said, you 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 see it on this whole thing. And in fact, he, he seemed to kind of almost find it painful to listen to because right. he said, you know, that's where I was at that time in my life. Well, here's here's Exhibit A. I, I mean, know. this is I mean, this is it. So you really, you know, he he was laying it very. And again, you have that blues kind of feeling. Uh, that blues guitar yeah Yeah, it really is and um, so you know it's not um, certainly you know joyful to listen to but it is but like the the Plastic Ono Band uh, album I mean that's you know it's you're you're getting him unfiltered right Um, John that I like exactly unfiltered that's why John's my favorite yep exactly and and that's you know that was i think what made him such a unique artist is that he you know would do that i mean i you know you would get particularly from paul and george you would get glimpses of that in their music but you know but you know maybe touches of it but not like this you know yeah i mean that's what made him unique I think George a little bit was brainwashed. I thought that was pretty personal. Yeah, yep. And you'd see it a little bit on Cloud Nine uh, in in okay. some touches, little bits like you know you could tell he wasn't too fond of the press, and uh, and about gossiping and you know I think like That's there was the best a song on the album though. Yeah, yep. It's a great song, and and lines like you know they say I don't get out or you wonder why I don't get out too much I mean you know lines about you know never said he was reclusive and, and that kind of stuff so so you see little flashes of it there um but uh but yeah and that well and I guess there were some um songs that uh maybe on Gontropo where he did sort of refer to his partying uh, George's partying phase in the 70s and, and you now but John consistently you know, real, really was, was by, you know, really autobiographical uh, in his songs. And um, there's yet another example of, of scared. I mean, that's, that's about as, as, you know, stripping yourself naked as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for this box set. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I would love a, a Walls and Bridges box set. It's like, eh, plastic on no band. Not that it's a not a big deal. I'm waiting yep. for mind games and plastic. Oh no, band. Uh, yep. I mean, Walls and bridges. Oh, Walls and bridges. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then, and I mean, I understand. Plastic Ono Band was an extremely important album. I mean, I no, no question. Um, but uh, but yeah, bring on Walls and Bridges box set. I'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> for I mean, sure. We're still waiting for Early Takes Volume Two for the Harris and the State. Yeah. I don't know when we're getting. Yeah, how long has that been? (laughs) 
when's Live in Japan going to come back in print? Yeah, exactly. I would love that and, and a remaster of that because, yeah, the original recording wasn't that great. I mean, the, the quality. I'd love a good remaster of yeah. that. Same yeah. with mind games. Yes, that too. Exactly. I mean, this 2002 mix is the only way to go. I yeah. Know. Oh, yeah, the original. Yeah, not very good. I still good. love the original, but it's like... Uh, my games yeah <laughs> it's it, yeah i mean the original mixes yeah they weren't they were a little i'm trying to think of how or blurry i don't know how else to put it i mean just dull kind of like with wings over america too mm, yeah i mean you know and live recordings have gotten you know a lot better uh since then so you know yeah some good remastering let's let's go that was a long tangent. Yes. <laughs> that's okay. Tangent, tangents and bridges. Yeah, that's right. My podcast. There you go. Tangents and bridges. There you go. That's the title of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so flipping over the record. Side two. All right. There we go. Yep. Yep. Those I don't three. know why. That's that trying. <laughs> Yeah, there's some great drawings. Yeah, his his uh yeah, his sketches and all that absolutely. Yeah. You know, number nine dream. Now, this was actually one of the first songs when I started getting into John as a solo artist that I, I was drawn to. I really like this song a lot. Um, I have to admit I'm kind of burned out on it, a bit burned out on it now. Um, but I still think it's it's a great you know, it's, it's just such a, a mysterious, um, so, I mean, there's just nothing else like it, um, in, in his catalog. I mean, there's, there, it's just so, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. I mean, there's, there's just nothing like it. Um, I can't think of anything that even sounds remotely like it now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it does sound like a dream. <laughs> I mean, it, it really, from start to finish, um, you know, it, it has such a, you know, ethereal kind of quality. Um, you know, I've, um, there are just so many parts of this that are, are fascinating. I love the bass uh, in parts of it. Um, I, you know, of course, uh, John's voice, you know, as we all know, John hated his voice, uh, and yet he could do so much with it. Uh, and this is a good example, you know, he could, he did so many things. I mean, he really was able to almost like he did on Loosing the Sky with Diamonds. He was able, you know, on this too, he was able to kind of, you know, make his voice, you know, pull the way he held some of the notes and all sound like it was sort of a floating kind of effect. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, he really did this uh, on here. And then of course, in the, the chorus, the, the, you know, the, uh, pseudo foreign language uh that he uses uh and uh, which just makes it even more you know kind of uh eerie and and uh um and of course may pang makes a cameo um which uh you know calling out his name and and supposedly that was based on a on a dream john had uh yep and two women calling out his his name so he really did i think achieve that effect that dreamlike um you know effect i mean you do feel like 
as you're listening to it, that you're in this kind of, in the midst of this kind of swirling sound. Yeah. So I came to this song actually on Shave Fish. Oh yeah, sure. So and on that, that's a horrible version on the vinyl. Yeah. Original. That's mm-hmm. it's all it's all cluttered and it's half of the lyrics are cut off. I think. Oh really? Wow. I think it's the same for woman as the N word of the world. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I like that song, but another yep. episode. Yep, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I might get a lot of criticism for that episode <laughs> when I defend that record. Yep. Yep. But, um, I-, I hated this song on first listen. Now really? Yeah. Oh, now you love it. Okay. <laughs> Nine-year-old me was like, "What in the world?" But now I don't know why this was not number one. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite line is, I think magic in the air, was it magic in the air? I believe, yes, I believe. More I cannot say, what more can I say? Like the vocals on that line are just beautiful. Yep. This Absolutely. whole album vocally, I think is his best overall. Yeah. Including Beatle. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. This is how oh. much I love this record. Wow. Okay. Why well, good? Well, he was. He was in, in great voice in this record. And yeah. I. I mean. I. It's interesting. You know. I think I first heard this song. I think I heard it on the radio because for a while this was played a lot on the radio because yeah, it wasn't number one, but it, it was a you know it was a hit um, back in the day, and so they were still playing it like on classic rock. You know, on classic rock radio when when classic rock was still a really in the 80s it was like a really popular uh, format and so you know this used to be played a lot and yeah i kind of had the first similar reaction when i first heard it which was what you know and uh but yeah the more you listen to it it's just like this is weird but it's it's really good <laughs> i mean it's yeah. it's it's just so different um and yeah i mean his voice is so like i don't know it it, it draws you in it's hypnotic I agree. Uh, yeah i mean it it really and the way it makes his voice on different like you know like the lines you just said or you know on the uh, when he says on the river of sound through the mirror go round and round and the way he did i mean it just yeah you're i mean you listen to this on headphones and you're just like i feel weird <laughs> i agree in the drawing in the book mm-hmm. this cover that this record this is <laughs> this is what i think of number nine dream yeah. <laughs> not my whatever gets you through the night yeah right <laughs> But yep, it's yep. This is a classic. What can you say? It's it it's it, it really is. It's it's uh it's really uh just so creative. Now, as I said, nothing like it since then. I agree. Yep. Next track we have surprise, surprise, sleeper to paradox. This might be my second favorite on the album. Really? Okay. This is this is one. Okay. You hope you won't boot me off the show. This is one that it's okay um it's not one of my favorites it's it's okay i mean i'm i'm i don't hate it um it's you know it's it's good um 
it's, uh, you know, I know, of course, it's a, his tribute to Bay Pang, and it's very, it's, it's very sweet, you know, I mean, he really, he clearly uh, uh, loved her, and, and, you know, when you read the lyrics or, and hear them, uh, you know, he obviously, she obviously, uh, you know, he felt really pulled him out of a very dark place, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, gets me through this god-awful loneliness, um, and, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, sure, a lot of it's through, you know, a lot of it is, is here he's referring to, you know, her in, in sexual terms, but also in terms, yeah, I mean, clearly, but also in terms of, you know, that, that he, she also pulled him out of, a, you know, depression and, and dark time and kind of kept him from going completely crazy. I mean, yeah. you, you definitely get that sense too. So, um, you know, so it's a, it's a very uh, nice uh, tribute for sure, but um, it's just not one of the absolute highlights for me of, of, of this album. Now one, one coming up um, is one of the highlights, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's going up soon, but it's, it's nice. I mean, it's, it's just not like, you know, not one of my, one of the big, big highlights for me, but why, why do you like it so much? Maybe con- convince me. <laughs> I don't know why. I love the lyrics. I think I like, I like the vocal harmonies from Elton. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. an Elton fan. I'm oh yeah. Elton Elton's fan. great. Um, but like, I, I don't know why, but I like this song a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a play for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the title's clever. The, yeah. yeah. The, yeah, you I like puns? Might be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and the guitar. I like the guitar on it, too. I do. Yeah. And was the coming up pun, was that intended, the coming up? Uh, no, coming up, uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was 1980. <laughs> yeah. So unless he was a, a, a fortune teller. <laughs> so, or Paul heard this, maybe, and, and uh, you know. No, but you saying coming up was that? Oh, oh, okay, yep. <laughs> you know, I sometimes say puns, and I and I just don't even know it. You know, yeah, that was me, and I got booted off a Zoom call with Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh my god. <laughs> Was there was there a no puns allowed uh, rule that uh, he violated? He didn't need a temporary secretary anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But um, yeah, it's a play for me. All right. Maybe I, I'll I'll listen to it again. <laughs> Okay, this is definitely not a skip for me. I, this is incredible. Uh, This is another one that could have been on Plastic Ono Bad. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is powerful. Um, This is another one that, that boy, does he strip himself naked here. Um, You know, I mean, he's, he's like calling himself out um, on, on this. I mean, he really is. And, and musically, it's kind of a cross between working class hero uh, and in some cases, musically, it kind of sounds like, how do you sleep? I agree. Yeah, doesn't it? 
I mean, when I first heard it, I was just like, what does this sound like? I'm like, how do you sleep? That's it. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it's really, um, you know, it just, as I said, he's calling himself out. I mean, you know, there you stand with your LA tan and your New York. That. Yeah. And your New York walk and your New York talk, your mother left you when you were small, but you're going to wish you weren't born at all. Gee, who could he be talking about? You know? And I mean, you know, and he's kind of saying what, um, you know, what have you become? What, what are you, you know, look at yourself. Um, and it's, I mean, what a brave thing to do. I mean, yeah. to, to, I mean, that is really brave to, to, to say, you know, look at yourself and what you've become, and, you know, the, in, in, during this time, you know, you're, you're partying in, in LA and, you know, you're, uh, you're separated from your wife, you're, you're, you know, partying way too much, what are you doing? You know, so yeah, I mean, it's it's really. Um, I I just think that is so brave to do. Yeah, I agree with them. Yeah, blast, just a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It really probably the one song that gets talked about the most on this album. I think. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just uh, uh, just such a brave song to do. It really is. And, and uh, yeah, definitely one of the highlights of the album for me. One of the highlights of his whole career. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I would I, I would say that, you know, and, and it was one of the songs when I first heard it that I was kind of like, you know, I think when I first heard this album, as much younger, I was, you know, it was a little like, whoa, I mean, like, you know, I, I you know, it was a little, little, I don't know, scary is the word, but I mean, it was just, you know, too raw almost. Uh, but then, you know, when I got a little, a little older and, and, and particularly understood the whole story yeah. about him, then, you know, then it makes complete sense. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I was a little scared. Yeah. I will admit when I first heard this song. Yeah, I mean, there's just something like, yeah, really. But then, as I said, when you, when you, you know, hear the whole, you understand his story, then it makes complete sense. Right. So, moving on to the next track, Beef Jerky. Oh, I love this. Yeah, this is. I defend it to death. This is funky. This is a funky, I, I love his, his, some of his instrumentals. And this is, this is great. This is it's just funky. Better than the A-side. Yeah. <laughs> yep, this is just funky, funky jam. Um, you know, I wish he did more of these. Uh, yep, I mean, well. this, yeah, and I agree. I, I defend it too. Because, yeah, there's some people like, oh, why you it's just a throwaway instrumental. No, it isn't. This was like my favorite song when I first heard the album, actually. Yep. I, I know. I think I this was on a B-side. Um, Whatever gets through you. Through yes. And, and I agree. I liked it better than the than the A-side. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Whatever gets you through the night. And that there you go. Therapy. Yep. Now, mine, I did not have the Apple version. So that's that is very cool. I that, that you had, had the capital version. Yes, I did. I had the capital <laughs> version. Yep. I could not get the Apple one back back then. And so, yeah. So exactly. I was kind of like, whenever it gets you through it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then, yeah, when I flipped it over, I was like, wow, I like this a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep, I agree. That was uh, so absolutely just a fun jam 
funky. You know, I love when when John explored his R&B side and, uh, you know, in, in addition to the rock, you know, I mean, this is rock, but it definitely has some funk undertones to it. And uh, and yep, love it. Not a skip for sure. This is like the highlight. One of the high. This is like the highlight of the B side. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. One of the highlights for me. No question. Moving on to the next track, Nobody Loves You When You're Down and Out. This almost could have been on Plastic Ono Band as well. I agree. Yep. This is another, I mean, again, talk about a, a confessional kind of, of song. I mean, you know, he's, um, you know, kind of sort of a, a blues themed uh, uh, kind of song. And um, yeah, I mean, he's... Um, again just sort of lamenting where where he is in his life um where he definitely was feeling down and out i mean wow in the bridge you know well i get up in the morning and i'm looking in the mirror to see then i'm lying in the darkness and i know i can't get to sleep i mean again he's you know looking at himself where he is and and uh um and i mean geez Nobody loves you when you're old and gray. Nobody needs you when you're upside down. Everybody's hollering about their own birthday. Everybody loves you when you're six foot in the ground. I mean, I whoa. I mean, it, it's it's just a painfully honest, you know, I mean, he is, when, when he mentioned in that interview about, you know, being depressed this time, well, here you go. I mean, this is, this is the ultimate example. But, uh, but it's, you know, in the way he sings it in, in this very subdued kind of voice. I mean, as we talked about, he does so many different things with his voice on this album. I know, it's crazy. Everybody yep. says that all he, all he did was sit in the bed and he was drunk. Yeah. Maybe for the rock and roll sessions we can do yes. that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and then... Yeah, and that's an important thing to point out, that, that that was a myth for a long time. I'm not saying... That, you know, I mean, of course, when he was in, L in L.A., he did plenty of partying. He, you know, there, there were some crazy times, but that, yeah, that he did nothing productive. I mean, this is now he went to New York to record this, I know, to get away from, you know, a lot of that madness. But the fact that he was able, out of all that, to, to record an album like this, I mean, you know, shows that he wasn't just completely you know, like, as you said, just, just, you know, drunk all the time and lying in bed, not doing anything. I mean, this is, I mean, this shows, I mean, wasn't completely just not able to produce anything. Um, you know, here, I mean, this is a, I think one of his best albums. I think it is his best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that later. Yeah. Like, I mean, rock and roll sessions. I mean, he was working for Phil Spector, so I guess you can't blame him. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. I mean, ugh. I mean, that's that. I mean, that was, yeah, not not a good thing to work with Phil Spector at that, particularly at that point. Yeah, he had already gone down his rabbit hole. Boy, that's the truth. Yeah. So you know, it's so it was. Why he was a crazy one. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Wow. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, this is this is a, another, as you said, could have been on Plastic Ono Band and and another just painfully honest uh, song. But again, that's that's what made him so great. It did. 
And I echo everything you say about that song. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> My favorite line is, I think the I've seen the one-eyed witch doctor leading leading the blind. It's so John esque. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it sounds like a traveling Wilburys line. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that he's still able to put in some like kind of you know dark humor, but but yeah, I need some humor in there. Um, you know, for writing songs. I mean, that's that's John. I agree. Absolutely. So going on to the last song on the album, yeah, yeah, yeah. I we love this song. Oh no! I was gonna say yeah, Skip. <laughs> I love it in the context of the album. I think it's a perfect way to close this uh, record. Really? I think it is. It works so perfectly. <laughs> I mean, I like the song. I mean, the, the song is a rock and roll classic, but I just wish, you know, and of course he did later, you know, he did re-record it normally, yeah. you know. Um, I, I felt like it was more, you know, because of, you know, he he just sort of, recorded this like okay i have to do this for legal obligations so let's just you know um let's just do this and they and of course julian playing the drums so young julian um and you know i just felt like it was just kind of like, okay let's just do this for 10 seconds or so all right we're done let's let we're done okay we out that fills it just didn't you know I, it was just kind of disappointing like oh i didn't need you know, put in more energy for like a good version, you know, and then as I said, he did do a regular version later. So that that one was a little but I mean, maybe that was also John's sense of humor. I don't know. But but I don't know. Why do you why do you uh, like it? I think the album would have yet ended on a sour note. With no well, that's true. Down and out. Um, it almost reminds me of like the memory almost full album. You go to the end of the end and nod your head. Oh yeah, that's Dodger true. Was, and like, because that's like a dark Paul song, the end, mm -hmm. of the end, which I think it's one of his best songs ever. Mm -hmm. But um, great song. Your head just break, brought the mood up to close the album. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see your point. But it's, I mean, it is kind of a throwaway song. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like it, but kind of don't. Yeah. In the context of the record. Okay, I see your point. I see your point. Yeah, I just wish it had been a, a, you know, like a better version because I see what you're saying about not wanting to end on a dour note. I see that, you know, but yeah, I just wish he had done like a, you know, better version of it because it's a great song. It's a great, you know, old rock classic, you know, but, uh, and then of course he would redo it for the rock and roll album, but, um, but yeah, so I just wish he had done like a, as I said, a normal, you know, more full-throated version of it. <laughs> I agree. Yep. And, um, did you buy the uh, CD remaster in twenty in two thousand five? Uh, I didn't. Uh, no, I did not. I did not get that one. Did you get the two thousand ten one? Um, I'm trying to remember if I got that one. I don't think I did. I don't think I got that one. I got the, um, and, and I haven't listened to it to what, I got the anthology. Um, I did get the anthology box set, you know, that, that came up. Yeah, I did get that one, um, which uh, had a lot of interesting, um, you know, outtakes and stuff like that. I'm a 
nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I did get that. Um, but I, I do need to get those, uh, a bunch of those remasters. I got kind of behind on that stuff. So I have to, uh, I have to go and, and, uh, and get a bunch of those, uh, the, all the different remasters. Yeah. I think that was a period of time when, uh, yeah, that was a period of time when I was working on my dissertation. And so I was kind of MIA for a while with uh, some of when those remasters were coming out. So I wasn't getting those. So I need to do some catching up with that. <laughs> the old dirt road back and buy them. That's right. I need to take that old dirt road back and, and catch up with those. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I'll tell you, for a while, I mean, it was like, yeah, remasters and all were were just coming out like, you know, just like crazy. And it was hard to keep up with every single one of them. But uh, but I'm definitely going to catch up on all that. Um, but uh, well, and of course, this year, we've got so much uh, box, the box sets and everything to catch up on that. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be nuts. That wallet is going to be like, there's no room to buy any other records. I know, like in some ways, I want Paul to come out with another archive set, but in a way I don't <laughs> this year because it's like we've got the All Things Must Pass, uh, Plastic Ono Band, and then of course the Get Back, you know, Let It Be Get Back stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just in a way, it's just like, could you just give like some break in between? <laughs> I just want my reissues of the Paul albums. I want my off the ground on vinyl. So yes. I have to sell my kidney for it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just, just give us some breaks That's so we can. I was so excited when Flaming Pie was out. Oh, that was that was great. I mean, yeah, that that was such a great box set. I I loved that. That was yeah. And I'm sorry it didn't win the Grammy for for that because I thought that was really well done. Yeah, from the videos uh, that I watched because mm -hmm. I didn't want to sell a kidney to get it. But yeah. <laughs> It really was. It was beautifully it, well. It looked beautiful. But yeah. The LP remaster was wonderful. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. And I I stopped collecting vinyl for a while because, uh, and I probably will restart that sometime. But I just ran out of room. I mean, I was really into collecting that like in the eighties oh, and nineties. Yeah, I was into that for a while, and then I I just finally had to stop because I just ran out of room. But I'm hoping to to uh, go back to that. Uh, sometime, but uh, but to, you'll have to guess on guess on Joe Mayo's channel showing vinyl. Yep, <laughs> yep. I had to take a hiatus from that because I'm just like I've got no more room. Yeah, <laughs> but I was I was into that for a while, and I still love vinyl. I mean, it's as I said, it's better sound. Um, still like play vinyl on occasion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And you know, and as I said, I I grew up on it. I mean, that was that was all there was. Uh, you know. Yeah. And, growing up and and it was uh yeah i mean i felt sad when for a while i mean you know there was i'm so glad that it, it made a comeback because you know for a while i mean you couldn't get it I, unless you yeah i mean it was uh I, I mean unless you went to like record shows i mean you know the, that was about it or or beetle fest uh yeah. you could get it there Boot but that in the bootlegs in the hotel rooms right? yeah exactly i mean that was about it i mean that was about it and record stores were just closing left and right i mean it was it was terrible and now 
they're, you know, it's so great to, to see them coming back um, because, uh, you know, I was really, you know, scared that there were going to be generations of, of people who would never walk into a, to a music store. I just like, that's horrible. I know. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I just thought that like, you know, okay, fine. You can buy music instantly off of iTunes and and whatever you can stream. It's not the same. No, it isn't. It really is. It's kind of convenient. Like you can be like, oh, this person's listening to this. I can check it out. Mm -hmm. Right. For certain things, it's fine. I mean, like, you know, certain like albums that are really rare to get physically. Yes. And are very out of print, I think. But other than that, and running for me. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, for certain things, it's okay. But yeah, it does. And then I will say for travel and things like that. It's, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's very convenient. But other, you know, but for like serious listening and, and collecting, I mean, there's just nothing, you know, yeah. nothing, nothing beats you know and nothing beats going to a physical store and and you know looking at at things and you know talking with fellow fans and and all that i mean there's just nothing that that beats that you know so but thank you so much kit for coming on the show oh it's my pleasure this was so fun i love talking you know i love talking music and and uh, it was an absolute pleasure to talk about this with you Hudson and I'm, I'm just so impressed with uh, you know with your your knowledge and your enthusiasm and and uh, this was great is there anything you would like to plug <laughs> well of course uh, <laughs> well as as you mentioned uh, talk more talk solo Beatles video cast uh, we're on every other Monday and um, and uh, Hudson uh, is uh, oh, usually in the comments and it always has great great points to make and and uh, love uh, love having you part of the show uh, so we're on uh, every other Monday at 9 p.m eastern you just go over to our Facebook page if you want to be part of the live show and and uh, if uh, you just want to uh, watch or listen, you can find us on YouTube. Um, and uh, so go over there and subscribe. Uh, you can also find us on virtually any um, podcasting platform, pretty much anywhere you can find this show. Um, so uh, you look for both of us. Um, so, uh, so you can find that. Um, as uh, Hudson mentioned, um, just preaching my book here, uh, this new book uh, that uh, Ken Wolpmack and I have edited called Fandom and the Beatles, um, the act you've known for all these years. It's a book about uh, really studying um, how fandom has changed. Uh, from first generation fans through fans today, including broadcasting and, uh, and you know, how the internet has changed fandom, um, how tribute bands, uh, there's an, uh, a chapter in here from someone who plays in tribute bands and how tribute uh, uh, bands uh, kind of walk a fine line between uh, sort of copying how a band, how, how the Beatles play and yet trying to put their own 
kind of stamp on a on uh, the music and you know how how you have to balance the two. There's a lot of different kinds of articles uh, like that in the book. I think you'll really really enjoy it. That's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, so you can go check that out. Um, and of course, my uh, my books, um, songs we were singing, guided tours of the Beatles, lesser known tracks, and Michael Jackson FAQ. All that's left to know about the King of Pop. Those are over on Amazon, so you can go check those out. And I, I think will. that's everything leave links for that oh thank you i know i know can be found on spotify um and youtube primarily still working on anchor i'm still Mm -hmm. waiting for apple to to approve with me it can be (laughs) Um, slow yeah but thank you so much for listening please subscribe if you like what you hear and go check out kit's channel and everything And as I always say, zoom in, zoom out. Peace. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there.